Welcome to the Life Changing Principles Podcast, where we take a new principle every week and explore how it changes our lives. I'm Leanne Hunt, ready to jump into today's principle. Hi, today we're talking about goal traction. We've been talking about it for a while in a lot of different ways, how we can get traction on our goals throughout the whole lifespan of a goal. And now I just want to summarize some of the most important principles I've found for how to get real traction on your goals. So first of all, I wanted to think about in context, why we want to get traction on a goal. Usually if we set out to do something, there are lots of different things in our lives that we're just able to execute and do. Maybe we took a class, we signed up for it, we went to the class, we did the homework, we figured it out, we learned the things and we finished the class. We just did it. It was a part of our life. In a way, it was a goal because it's something we wanted to do. And goals are just things that we want to do that are that we're willing to put effort toward. And so in a way, it was a goal because you're willing to put effort toward the class. But you didn't really formally call it a goal because it was just something you wanted to do. and You went after it and you did it. Usually when we formally call something a goal, it's because it's in the arena or realm of things that are difficult for us. We haven't been able to just say we're going to do it and do it. And so we need more strategy around it. So that's one of the reasons that our goals actually need traction. It's hard to get traction on goals because we're only setting goals for the things that are really difficult that we can't just, you know, put on a list and do. And so let's talk about three different principles for how to get traction on our goals. So the first principle is about honoring and addressing how when a goal is hard. When a goal is hard, what do we do? So the real question is, what actually is hard? What does that mean? Like, oh, this is so hard to do. Like, I I don't know how to do it. Maybe it's you don't know how to do it. Maybe it's it took longer than you thought it was going to be. Maybe it's you feel silly because you're a beginner and you think you should be further along than you are. Or lots of different ways that we think that a goal is hard for us. And so one of the tools that I like for when I think a goal is hard and that's what's preventing me from getting traction, well, it's just hard for me to do, is to actually quit using the word hard and unpack it a little bit and say, okay, what is hard about it? Give me some new words. You're not allowed to use the word, this is so hard. Okay, so what are some other things it could be? Maybe it just feels awkward to do it. Maybe this is taking so long. Maybe this part is kind of boring. Maybe, oh, this requires me to really focus and have a lot of attention to detail here. Maybe this goal spans years and that's not what you thought it was going to be. And maybe it's that it was an expectation that you had that just wasn't met. That's a whole different thing than being hard. It's like, oh, this is different than what I expected. If I say it's hard, then I think, oh, maybe I shouldn't bother. If I say this is different than what I expected, well, then I can just change my expectations and look at the reality of it and decide if I still want to keep working on this goal. Um, It might be that it requires more fill in the blank here, than I thought. You know, maybe it requires more effort or energy or time or planning or whatever it is that you need to do than you expected. So I'm going to tell you a couple of research stories that I think are really interesting when we're getting traction on our goals and looking at things that are hard. So in this one study, 
they gave students literally an impossible puzzle. The puzzle could not be solved, but the people doing it didn't know that. And so when they gave them this puzzle, they took different groups and told them different things about how hard the puzzle was. So people who thought that the puzzle was just kind of average difficulty, and then they started doing it, of course it was impossible, so there's no way for them to finish it, but they started working on it. They timed how long they would work on it. And when they thought it was just kind of average difficulty, they gave up a lot quicker. I think it's because they were like, this shouldn't be that hard. And yet I'm not having a hard time doing it. I don't want to look stupid. So I'm just going to put it away and be like, oh, okay, I'm done. So people who had these impossible puzzles and thought that the puzzle was actually quite difficult, they persisted longer. They were like, this is a challenge. I'm just going to keep working on this challenge. Or if they had a series of them and they had failed in the past, if they thought it was a difficult puzzle, they were willing to try again after their failure because they thought it was difficult. So I think that's fascinating. If you think your goal is too hard, then you're going to give up. If you think it's eh, not so hard, it shouldn't be that hard, it's not that big a deal, but you're still not making it, then you have to explain that behavior to yourself. So your explanation can sound like, well, the goal's not that hard and I'm not finishing it. It must be me. Maybe I'm not good at it. Maybe I'm just, and you create stories about yourself. And so rather than creating stories about ourselves, let's change how hard we think the task is. Maybe the task is harder than you thought at the beginning. Let's get to the reality of the nature of that task and say, oh, this is just going to take longer than I thought. That's fine. When you accept the difficulty of the task in a good way, not too hard, not too easy, like when you look at the reality of how the task actually is, it gives you more traction on your goals. It gives you more willingness to persist and willingness to come back to it after a failure. There's another research story that I think is really interesting where researchers gave people some difficult problems. And in some groups, they just told them that the problems were difficult. And in other groups, they said, hey, FYI, there's a couple problems in here that are unsolvable. And so when people were Really, people who really liked the topic, like let's say it was a math problem, people who were good at math and who liked math and who saw themselves as good mathematicians, when they were facing these difficult problems, they would spend so much time trying to figure out this impossible problem because it was like a threat to their identity. Like, well, I'm a good mathematician. I need to be sure to look like a good mathematician. And so they actually kept going way past what normally somebody would because it was they didn't want to look stupid. They're like, I'm just going to keep figuring this out. I've got to figure this out because I don't want to look stupid here. Whereas those who were told, hey, some of these are impossible and some of them are challenging, they would work on the challenging ones. And when they got to one that was impossible, they were more likely to say, after some effort, because they didn't know which was which, after some effort, they were more likely to take some of the cues and say, oh, this must be one of those impossible ones. All right. I'm just going to let this go and go on. They were more willing to move on and better at understanding which ones were solvable and which ones weren't. Here's one more research story that I really like about how stress creates a difference in our ability to get traction on our goals or to solve problems. So what they did is they created a stressful situation for the participants and so when they created the stress, they now knew, okay, all of these people are stressed. And then they measured their stress responses. Then they asked them to play a game with some tasks that included getting to the end of a degree. 
And in this game where you got to the end of a degree, you had to take certain classes. And so when you took certain classes, if it was within your control to pass the class or not, just in this game, or if it wasn't, sometimes thing would, things would pop up that weren't in your control. Like, for example, oh, not enough people joined this class, so this class got canceled. And you'd be like, ah, oh, I'm so frustrated. I want to get this game to the end and I want to, you know, get the degree, but that class got canceled and nothing I could do about that. So what they found in this story or in this experiment is that the previous stress made a difference on how well people made decisions on how they did in the game and how long they were willing to persist in this game. So stress can matter, previous stress before you even set out to do your goals. So we want to try to manage that stress in the first place. But the second thing they learned is that even if you were stressed, if you thought that the problems you were encountering, you had some control over, then you felt like, oh, I can keep doing this then. You were more, they were more willing to move forward in the game. They went further in the game. They persisted longer. They um, were more creative in how they went about doing the game because they felt like they had a little bit of control over what was happening. Whereas the groups that were where the game didn't let them have much control, they just kind of quit earlier and lost interest because they didn't feel like they could do something about it. So when we're trying to get traction on our goals and it's a hard goal, we want to find out what we have control over. What can we actually do and break it down into these smaller steps so that we can get control over our goals? The second principle that I wanted to talk about is called the through line, or maybe we can call it the effectual struggle principle. The effectual struggle is a phrase when I read in the scriptures that talks about a group and they were trying to escape and they were trying to escape and they were trying to escape because they had been enslaved by another people. And it says in one of the verses, and there is yet an effectual struggle to be made. So they had been struggling, but the struggling hadn't produced the results that they wanted. So an effectual struggle is producing the results that you actually want. And the reason that I also call it a through line is because there's a dot where you are right now with your own abilities and strengths and weaknesses and interests and desires and, and what you want. That's right here. Now imagine another dot that's way out there where your goal is. And between you and that dot where your goal is, is a straight line. Now imagine a whole bunch of dots that are all over the place between you and your goal. Some of them are near the line and some of them are far away from the line. Some of the dots are closer to you and some of those dots are way out there closer to your goal. Each of those dots represents an action step or a piece of effort or activity that you could be doing toward your goal. It's like a whole constellation of possible action steps that you could take toward your goal and they're all out there in front of you for the choosing. The line that runs between you and your goal out there, that's the through line. Those are the action steps that are gonna get you from where you are to where you wanna be. And the secret is in trying to figure out which action steps are closest to that through line. There are some action steps that are way out there closer to the goal. And if you try to do them now, they're not going to be effective and get you traction because they're not close enough to where your current capabilities and time and wherewithal are. 
There's other dots that are really close to you, but they're way out away from the line. And so even though they're kind of on the same map and the same territory, they're in the same topic. If you choose those actions, it's going to feel like you're doing something and staying busy, but it's not going to get you the through line that will actually move you toward your goal. It's just going to move you all about instead of being purposeful and getting you toward the goal that you're actually aiming for. So to get traction on your goal and to get the best action steps that give you that through line, we need to ask ourselves, what will this action step bring me? Is this going to get me what I want? Is this going to get me closer to my goal? If you don't know, ask someone who's already been there and who's already done that. Is this action step actually going to get me traction on my goal? So you might not want to eat broccoli for lunch every day for a month. But if that's the through line that's going to get you to your specific weight loss goal, then it's like, okay, will this actually make a difference? If it will, it's worth doing. Like, that's great. I can do this because I can see that this is worth doing. If it's not going to get you to your goal, then it's frustrating and you end up not getting results. And so it's a really important question to ask. Is this thing that I'm doing going to get me the results that I want? That's a powerful question. The last principle for today is the no one is coming principle. So I first learned this principle in a positive psychology class and I was watching it online. I wasn't taking the class, but I was watching recording of it online. And it was taught by Tal Ben-Shahar, who was a Harvard researcher and professor And he was teaching all about positive psychology, biggest class they've ever had at Harvard. And people were learning how to manage their own happiness, how to find happiness in in their lives as they were moving forward in their lives. And the principle he taught was no one is coming. Now, that seems like not a principle you would expect in a positive psychology class. No one is coming. That sounds depressing. But what he meant was no one is coming. No one is coming to change your life for you. No one is coming to rescue you. No one is coming to tell you what to do. You get to be in charge of your own life. And when you realize that no one is coming, then we stop waiting and it gives us the energy and the power and the wherewithal and the gumption to get up and act and to get up and make the changes that we can see we can actually make in our lives. And that almost more than anything else is something that can give us real traction on our goals. Thanks for being here and taking a little time out of your busy life for personal development. I applaud you for that. We take change one step at a time. You're already on your way. You're already enough. You've got this. Have a great week and we'll see you for the next principle.